0: impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today, and that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Warner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income and Influence, the number one show for reaching millions of people, helping you grow your brand. Today, we are talking about something really exciting, and it is how to do content marketing through email. If you have an email list and you're like, nobody reads my emails, nobody's opening anything. It's not because email isn't working, it's because nobody you're not putting anything out that people want to read. I get over a 20% email open rate. I'm not gonna share what I do though. Instead, I am going to give it to our guest, Rob Fortier. Rob, welcome to the show, how are you today? Steve, I'm doing great and thank you so much for having me today. No problem. I am super excited. This is so I love email. It's one of the biggest things that I do to reach people. I've done hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of sales through email. People always ask me, they're like, What do you mean? How are you getting 20% open rates? How are you getting such good click through? And I'm like, Because I write. An email. Most people, though, in my experience, right? Like I look at my email box right now, I've got stuff, and it's all like, buy this, buy this thing over here. Here's what we've got for sale. Or even worse, here's my newsletter. I know you focus on helping people specifically with content. And one of the biggest things is, well, I don't know what to write about, I don't know what to put in my email. So, Tell me how this all started for you, because there's got to be a good story behind it.
1: Sure. So, you know, I've had many careers in my life, from theater to working in the box office, to working at Starbucks, to having my own greeting card company. So through all the businesses I've worked for or run before, I have learned that one of the most important things you can do as a business owner is show up in your marketing. So I was doing a lot of social media for people, and I was having a little bit of fun with that well, with one client because she just let me do whatever I want. So that was great. The other clients, they started making demands on me and I'm like, uh, oh, this isn't so much fun anymore. So I saw that they still needed to be out there, but I realized a lot of folks that I had been working with weren't really using their email inbox for anything. You know, a lot of people, especially in the coaching world, or if you're a consultant or some kind of solopreneur, you're pushed to build a list, build a list, build a list, build a list. It's so important. But so many people don't know what to do with it as you said except for like buy my stuff buy my stuff and nobody really wants to read that constantly so I saw that you know people can and I, can, I would put the questions out there about like okay what are you guys struggling with people will always come back with email I don't know what to put in my emails I don't know when to send them I don't know what to write I don't know how long they should be and I, I giggled when you said newsletter because that is such a thing that people are stuck on uh, but, you know, back in the day when email was new, you know, we were all excited about it. Like I got, I got an email today and we would get newsletters from people. Nobody wants to read that stuff anymore. It is so I'm all about the short, the sweet and tighten it up. But that's a mental block for a lot of folks. They think that an email has to take them forever to write and has to be chock full of everything they can think of and 17 points. And really, it's about putting out value and something that's consumable in a very short period of time. Those are the kind of emails that get read by people.
0: 100%. I mean, what I always tell people is I, I'm holding up my phone right now. Your email gets read on a phone, a phone screen fits somewhere between 50 and hundred words, depending on, you know, what they're using to read it or what you wrote it in. Mm-hmm. If, if it's much longer than that, they're not going to read it. We are now we consume stuff when email started, you know, 25 years ago, you, you did, you, I love getting, I remember the servers in college, like it'd be like, boop, 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 boop. and like, it didn't, it was like AOL ish or before (laughs) yeah even like oh my goodness i got this email and all the stuff going around the chain letters i got i don't know i probably got like 80 letters from bill gates testing out stuff for microsoft i was supposed to win a million (laughs) dollars but like nowadays we're used to reading as a text message um which is you know maybe 20 words if it's much longer than that we're not even reading the text message right no no so Beyond making it a little bit shorter and a little bit sweeter, we'll get into tricks to tighten it up. What should they use for content? Because this is, if you have a newsletter, a Mm -hmm. quote newsletter, right, there's blocks, right? You're talking about what you did. You're talking about a marketing thing. You're talking about something else. Like there's like five or six different stories in there, if they're even stories. There's five or six different topics, we'll call Mm them. How do you
1: move from that to just doing an email? It's probably scary for some people to to, to reduce that amount of content. But if you've got something like that, that's got five or six points, it's all about pulling out the value for people. You know, building an email list and then talking to those folks, you're building a relationship with your potential clients or your clients or whoever's reading this. They may never meet you in person. They may or may not work with you on a one on one basis. So, this is your chance to. Give them something that they can use. If there is value in it, it's teaching, it's a resource, it's inspiring, it's entertaining. They're going to want to open your emails because they know there's something in it for them. So I always tell people, think of it like a conversation with people. You don't have to, the language doesn't have to be super formal. It doesn't have to be talk about a million things. Could it be like, you know, hey friends, this week I had this experience. I learned X, Y, and Z from it. Have you ever struggled with this? Tell me about it. I'd love to help you out. That could be a whole email right there because, You're having a conversation and you're encouraging interaction and building that relationship with those folks. So it's all about taking all the things that you know and just picking one of them and focusing on that every time you send out an email. Well, that's I mean... That is
0: really good advice. I can hear some of the questions in the listeners' heads, right? They're like, but I do put what's in it for them. I know how to solve their problem. They just have to buy my thing. And what (laughs) you are saying, and what I want anyone who says that to think of do you want to open an email where it's like, buy a shovel? I have a great shovel. You need to buy it. Even if I need a hole, I'm probably not going to buy your shovel. But if instead you make it entertaining, when you say what's in it for them, people Mm -hmm. at their core, 99% 99% of people want to be entertained and they want, if you make them laugh, if you make them feel an emotion, if you tell them something that makes their life better, right? Like why do we like watching mindless TV, Seinfeld friends, cheers back in the day, because it took us out of our life for a second and showed us that there was something dinner, dinner, something better, more entertaining like something that made our lives better. So when you say what's in it for them, it does not mean that you have to sell them a nine ninety seven course or a $47 course. Sometimes I send emails, I send five to seven emails a week. And sometimes mm-hmm. I send emails that just tell people a joke and they say, Hey, I hope this made your life better. Those like, I get responses from those like, dude, that was corny or Hey, that was a really bad dad joke. I'm going to use that sometime. Like, that's all that people want
1: yeah yeah they they i mean there is value in you know when we sell people things there we are offering them value but it's a different kind of value um you know in between that you want to offer things with no expectation of they have to open their wallets because you know it's uh, again back to like if you sat down with a friend's you wouldn't just sit down with your friend to have coffee and just talk at them for five minutes and be like, okay, well, I gotta go, thanks, this was fun. You 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 you, you offer some advice, you tell them a story, you, you're vulnerable with them. That's something great to do in emails is, that I try to do is I'm not perfect. I don't ever claim to be perfect. So sometimes my emails are about, you know, I had this problem this week or I made this mistake And here's what I sort of figured out I could do to either use it to move forward or correct it or whatnot. And then say, Hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? What would you have done differently? Or, uh, if this happened to you, you know, what would, how would you have reacted to it? So it is, it's about being vulnerable, sharing experiences. Like I love the joke thing. I might have to borrow that from you, um, for a couple of emails, but that that's perfect because it gets someone to open, it gets them to engage, it gets them to react. And another step in building that relationship, I can learn more about you probably from your jokes than I can from your sales scripts. So well, I, I love that. That's I mean,
0: 100%. Like you, I'm not against selling anyone who knows me, I, I make an offer in 90% of my emails, mm. but I don't lead with the offer, I lead with something of fun, something of value, some kind of entertainment, and maybe a teaching point, And I love what you said about being vulnerable because that's the thing like email at its core is not about making offers to people. It's about building relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so powerful. Like you think about Facebook, right? Everybody is on the Facebook or Instagram bandwagon and they're like, oh, they're posting pics or they're trying to comment on everything. What are you really trying to do at the end of that? You're trying to get people to know, like, and trust you. If they are on your email list, the reason that I will say email is a is should be your number one marketing tool is because you get to build a relationship and you have a fence around those people. Nobody can take those people away from you. If they're reading your email, they're not seeing 18 other posts. They're not getting ads pitched at them in between and they're not scrolling, right? It is in front of them. You are building a relationship. And I think that's that was the mind shift for me because I, I went through this in my own business. Um, why well, would just send out marketing emails? And I was like, when I when I looked at it, instead of its relationship, um, Ben Settle said this, and I think he said it best. I think Ben said this. Um, the email is like talk radio in print, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you listen to Howard Stern. I mean, you're from New York. Like, if you listen to any kind of talk radio, why do people listen to it? Because they want to be entertained. Do yeah. they sell stuff? Absolutely. But what's the main reason? And if you just translate that, I don't even know if anyone really listens to talk radio. I guess podcasts are probably the closest uh, thing
1: we have. Yeah, I would say podcasts at this point. Um but that's such a good point about being, you know, being entertained and about and about selling. Right. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. That's why we have businesses. That's why we build an email list. But I want to emphasize a really good point about you made about social media and landing in people's inboxes. You know, people go people say, oh, you know, only, you know, like you said, 20 percent people who don't have a lot of experience with email think that a 20% open rate is may sound low when really that's actually really good. You know, it ranges anywhere from 15 to 25 sort of the average on that. So that's 20% of your email list that is opening and seeing your emails as opposed to that second they flash by on social media. You, It's hard to measure that stuff and to measure the results of that, especially lately with all the hubbubble about Apple changing, you know, the security settings and that really having People having a difficult time navigating that with Facebook ads and, you know, they'll get it figured out eventually, but you're taking a risk, whereas if you send them an email, they have to make a choice, they have to open it, they have to delete it, or, you know, they have to, they have to do something with it. So you're, you're sort of encouraging them to do something with it, and you have a much higher chance of success of getting your message across to somebody in that inbox. It's, it's, uh, and it's also, it doesn't cost you anything to send emails, or you can spend hundreds of dollars on ads if you want to. It's very, believe me, I've done it. I've wasted a lot of money very quickly uh, just trying to figure out, just guessing on how to get people's attention using paid ads on social media. Next time I will hire an expert uh, for sure.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Facebook ads are really, are a mixed bag. I ran a Facebook ads agency for years. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely getting more expensive and you're getting less reach for your money. Um, due to the stuff that Apple is changing and Facebook is changing. Plus, like, you can't use any, they're trying to whitewash ads as much as possible. And this is the reason Facebook is doing it, right? They want the users to have an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And if your ad makes them feel bad in any way, or drives them to do something in any way, then Facebook says, well, they don't, they're not going to like that. So they might bounce off of Facebook. So we don't want to do that. And when I say make somebody feel bad, like good copy, good sales copy has pain points. It stirs up emotions and pain. That's kind of the point. Um, Stories do that really great stories do that good content anywhere does that. But Facebook is, and because it's all AI driven now, like you're gonna have problems with that. I do think email should be the number one thing and you should pick one other medium, wherever you wanna be, uh, mine's podcasting and video. If you're there, then people can find you and you will attract your crowd. But you're, to your point from earlier, we're all told to build a list. Most people build a list and they never know what to do with it. Um, so then they don't, and then they realize why their business is suffering. So- yeah, exactly. I would love to go into, if you can give a framework because I still, I want to go back to content because people are like, I just don't know what to write in my email. So tell me about, like you said, I'm vulnerable. I know that scares a lot of people. So if Mm -hmm. we're not going to be super vulnerable, what is just something can they take? Can they take an average walk down the street? Can they take something that they did in their social life? What are, how do you work with people? What do you tell them to put into their emails?
1: You know, I, well, first of all, you have to know who you're talking to. That's the biggest point. If you're growing your business, you have to know about your audience. What's like you said, you mentioned pain points. That's something that you want to address problems we're having. Also, what are things outside of maybe what you teach that relate to them? Like if you are working, let's say with um, mom printers, you know, working moms, what are some other issues that maybe you don't teach about, but could come into their lives? Maybe you've got some resources or things you could teach uh, and sort of offer them to sort of help them along. So you're addressing the whole person um you know what tv shows do they like like I, I i'm not a big tv person but i do like podcasts so sometimes i'll mention funny podcasts or tips i saw that are related to my audience but not necessarily something that i'm going to you know roll out a class about or teach about so again go back to that adding value and building relationships with people but i think there are ways to do it for people who struggle with what to put in about by giving the whole thing some structure you know like Again, back to sales, those things have, you know, when you're doing a launch, those have a pattern, those have a structure to them. But outside of that, if you can establish a couple times of like, let's say you're going to decide you're going to email every week, right? So Set up in advance. This week, it's going to be something I want to teach a pain point. This is going to be something I tell a story like I love taking stories like you mentioned this going to the grocery store. I went to the gym and I learned what did you take away from something like something funny happened to you at the grocery store or you, you learn something about like not to put your frozen items you know, at the end because then they it squishes your bread or whatever it is. You can take all those things with a little creativity and turn it around as something that relates to your audience. So I'm, I, I did a whole series for a long time of videos that I took after I worked out at the gym and I translated those into emails about, okay, I just worked out. I'm a gross, sweaty mess. And here's what I learned today about working out. And here's how this translates into running a business. And can you relate to that? So, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just, I'm. that's perfect. That
0: is absolutely perfect. Um, if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I don't quite get it. Like, how do you do that? I want to go back to the grocery store thing, right? Yeah. So said like I got to the front and my bread was squished because I put the green beans on top and, you know, it, it, nothing was in order. What this taught me was that I need a framework or I need a structure to put things in a lot. Like you probably need a structure for emails. So if you're interested in that, here's a template. Like you see how like quickly, like I, I told a story last week about going out for a run and not knowing where I was going and getting lost. And then I laid that right into, and I said, well, when I got lost, I started to get tired, right? Because I normally run for four miles, but I got to five and a half miles. So I'm like, oh man, I'm getting tired. Well, what happens when you don't have a plan and you get lost, right? A lot of people do this in business. They start moving forward. They don't have a plan or a strategy. They get two weeks in. They're writing a bunch of emails. They're doing a bunch of social media. They get lost. So you need a strategy. If you need help with a strategy, that's what I do. I help people with strategy. I help people with storytelling. I help people reach their audience. Reach out to me down below. Like that's a real easy twist on that story. And that whole email was 180 words. So... It's, it's short. It's a little bit longer than one iPhone screen. It's about two. Mm-hmm. It's readable. It has a clear call to action, but that's, I'm going to go back to you at the gym because you can do, you did a series, which is even better because people know what to expect.
1: hmm yeah, every Monday it was a it was a sweaty rob wearing a bandana video and it was you know when you think about working out it takes you got to show up consistently to get results you have to have some discipline you're always trying to get better at what you do improving your technique um you're experimenting to keep yourself interested so what you know what can you play with to make this more fun for people so all those lessons i was able to tie into you know, running a business, you know, having, like you said, great example with that run. I love that. Um, you know, having a plan, um, constantly learning what that's something every business owner needs to be doing is constantly learning, improving that and sharing that with their readers. What did you learn and, and how can this benefit them? So it is, it is, it does take a little bit of creativity, but there are possibilities every place you look to take anything that happens to you and turn it into an email that can add value to the your subscribers' lives and and get a conversation going. Um I'm gonna if I was a runner, I would steal that running idea, but I don't. I'm not a runner, so I have to pass on that one. <laughs> I mean, you could use it with driving.
0: You could, you say could. The same thing. I yeah, would, I wanted to go to a new store, right? I wanted to go to a different store, or you could even a detour, right? There was a sign up, and I had to take a detour, and I didn't know where I was going. How many of you have hit something like that in your business? Like. Every, like everything can be used as content. You just have to, it's more of a mind shift switch. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to ask you, what do you think is the main reason people don't email more often?
1: Based on the questions I get and some of my experience, I think mostly it just comes down to I don't think I have something important to say, so I'm not going to say anything at all because that's better. Um, the second reason after that is also I don't want to bother my subscribers. And it's like, well, they said they signed up to hear from you, so we need to just wipe that one out. But it comes back to I don't know what I just don't know what to you know, where to even begin. And, you know, if you sat down and someone said, tell me, I need to ask your advice. You know, tell me about XYZ in your business. You could probably go on for 10 or 15 minutes about certain topics. So take that knowledge and, you know, sit down, you know, even do this exercise. I do this with people. Sit down and let's let's talk this out. We're not going to write an article. We're not going to write an email or a newsletter or whatever you want to call it. Just talk to me and maybe we'll record it. And then you got all the ideas you need to probably make five, six, seven, eight emails out of a 10-minute conversation because you're comfortable with the format of of talking. So that's the thing that's hard for sometimes people, too, is to translate that into the written word. So you know what? Hire someone to transcribe it. Use a service that auto-transcribes that and just clean it up. Uh, Don't let that don't let that get stuck in terms of I had nothing to say. You have plenty to say. You just don't want to write it down in an email. So work it out people and figure out how to get it into the written word, because you've got that, you're a business owner. You've got that knowledge. You're an expert in something. So don't be afraid to share it with people because that's what they need. And they need to hear it again and again and again and again, things that you trivial trivialize because they're easy for you are probably hard for somebody that's on your email list. They struggle with that. So they could really use your help with that.
0: The, I mean, that is, I think that is absolutely great advice. Um, like just start writing. Like you just have to send something else. Sending something is better than sending nothing. I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago that emailed once a month because they didn't want to bother their subscribers. But really when we talked about it a little bit more, it was because they didn't know what to say and it was hard to write. They were like, oh, I'm writing, they were writing like these thousand word essays. And I was like, no, 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 like short, sweet. And the second piece that I want to talk about, which you you brought up um is they're scared of bothering people, right? Which that was this person's thing. And my my response to them was if they unsubscribe, they weren't meant to buy from you. Like if they unsubscribe because you're emailing them a few times a week, they're not your customer. They were never probably going to buy anything from you anyway. People like this is, people buy from people they know, like, and trust Mm -hmm. unless there's 2% of the population that is in, immense pain around what you're doing and they will buy anything, but they're usually the people that are the hardest to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else, the other 98% will buy some things and they're more likely to buy from somebody they know, like, and trust, have a relationship with and points them in the direction. So my question would be, how do you tell people to either handle unsubscribes or to get over that? Oh, I might bother somebody. What
1: do? You, what's your your prescription for that? I sort of look at it as, you know, if you go like you went to a party, let's say, and you you met a handful of people and, you know, you like them all. Like, say there were five of them and you try to make coffee dates with them afterwards or Zoom calls or whatever um, before pre -pandemic times we could do those things meet in person but you think of it like that there's a couple that are you're going to connect with right away and they could become friends for a very long time there's a couple that you may have a meeting or two with once and be like you know you were nice but you know maybe i'll i'll, I'll see you again and maybe i won't but I, I didn't really hit it off with you as well as i thought it would so subscribers are the same thing right everybody you met met all these people they were excited to meet you they got on your list and after a while they're like oh i really like this guy i'm gonna stick with him and there are a couple they're like mm, you know what he's not really for me So you have to sort of take the, it's not about you. They don't hate you. Uh, They just, you just weren't the right fit for them. So, and it's a, it's a continuous ebb and flow. Like you have friends that come and go, you have friends you don't talk to for a while and they come back into your life and, and it's like you never left people are going to come in and out of your email list and that's okay. They may unsubscribe. They might come back. They might not, but it's a, it's a constantly up and down thing. I just, you know, did a recent event where I added quite a few people. And then the first email I sent after that event ended, I had a whole bunch of unsubscribes and you know what, that's okay. Cause they came, they got a little piece of Rob. They decided, eh, he's not really for me. So I'm going to jump off now before we go too far in this relationship here. So don't take it personally. Well, that is the
0: biggest thing. Don't take it personally. You, there are 8.2 billion people in the world. There's, I think there's, I don't know, we're at like 400 million in the U S you can get more subscribers. You should keep building your list. The only reason that you should be worried if people are unsubscribing is if you are not adding people, but even then, if they're unsubscribing from you, they were never going to buy from you anyway. Exactly. Don't worry about it and keep sending it out. I actually look at it. One of my mentors, Alex Sharfin, told me, haters confirm greatness. Like when you start to be polarizing in your message for every 100 fans you have, you're gonna have one person that doesn't like you for whatever reason, Your, your message doesn't vibe with them. Not a problem. That means that you are actually taking a stand on something because if you don't take a stand, if you just stay in the middle, you're never going to attract anybody. Polarity attracts people. And when you start to be, have some polarity, you're going to annoy some people. Some people are going to unsubscribe. That's fine. They weren't your people. Yeah. If I could, I could shout that from the rooftop, I would over and over and over again. What do you think, how many people do you think you need on an email list to be successful?
1: Uh, you know that is a challenging question to answer because it depends on your business. But you can have a small list of five hundred to a thousand people, and if they're really responsive, they're really hanging with you. That may be all you need. Other people, depending on their business, may need maybe to be in the thousands because there's something that's more one-off or hit it and quit it. They, you know, maybe there's not a way for them to be long-term. Uh, people of yours or advocates so it kind of varies but it's really so much more about the response rate you know are you from the very beginning like that's why i encourage people when they start email lists to have some kind of nurture sequence in the beginning you know right from the bat you get people a few emails that come a day after each other that say hey this is who i am this is what you can expect from being here let me give you some value 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 and you know if you want more hey, you're in the right place just hang with me um, because then you get people to jump off right away in the beginning but it trains them to say, okay, I, I'm liking this. I'm liking what I'm getting. I like this vibe. I like Rob. He told me some fun, quirky, weird things about him, and he gave me some free stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to respond, and I'm going to to his questions and be involved with him. So to me, that is much more of importance than I've got. Ten thousand people. You know, I did an event not too long ago with somebody who had a, a list much larger than me, and we had her list was much more unresponsive than my was. Mine was, and I of got the same numbers from her as she did and it wasn't about the numbers on her email list it was about their engagement
0: with her that's the biggest takeaway that i can i can offer people i mean it took me i got to a thousand people pretty quickly and then it took me probably two years to break Mm 2500 and then it grew pretty quick after that but i will say i did plenty in sales off of a thousand person to 1500 person list because they were responsive to what I was putting out. One of my really good friends has a list of seven to 800 people. She doesn't put a lot of time or energy into doing it. She has her business last year did over a quarter million Yeah, off of a list of that size. And she's, she is, I mean, she works in copy. She's a copywriter. Um, and she just sells to that list, right? But she puts out, she's quirky, she's fun. Her lit like she has over a 30% open rate, which is awesome. I mean, some of her emails, she has like a 50, 60% open rate, which she's her list is very responsive. And anytime, this is the thing, like any she's booked out usually six to eight months in advance. All she has to do is when she gets down to six months, say, Hey, um, I'm I'm usually booked out six to eight months in advance. Right now, I have some openings you know, five months from now. If you want in, let me know. And she sold. like, And she's not selling cheap services. Mm-hmm. So it really, I'm telling you that story if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Like you have all this nonsense going on in your head. You don't need a big list. You don't need to be a crazy good writer. I'm, mm-hmm. I am a horrible writer. I can't spell. I'll tell you the very first email that I ever sent to a list. I think I've told this story on here before, but the very first email I ever sent, ever, I bought a list of 150,000 for a, uh, this is in 2014, um, I bought the list from a reputable list broker. Uh, the list was 4K, is what I paid for it, $4,000. I loaded it, I got it all cleaned, got it ready to go. The first email I sent, I the program that I was using, I thought, had a spell checker built into it. I was so used to Google catching all the spelling mistakes, 27 misspelled words (gasps) on my first email. And it was a professional, it wasn't a, hey, my name's Steve, this is what I do. Um, It was actually going to dentists and chiropractors to show them how I I was inviting them to a marketing event that I was holding. I got, I will say I got a lot of responses. I got, I think I got over a hundred responses. One lady flat out blasted me, like the very first email I opened what is this? Blah, blah, blah. You can't spell. Why are you sending this to me? You're not real. You must be from a third world country. Like you're some Prince somewhere. Like she, she was really harsh. Some other people were nicer. There were some people in there that were super harsh. You want to talk about unsubscribes? I think I lost a third of my list. Um, it was, it was not good, but wow. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I can't spell my grammar's not good. I use an app called Hemingway, which, uh, is pretty fun, it checks for grammar and makes sure that I'm not making any horrid mistakes. But I just tell people in my, I have a nurture sequence, it's three emails, but in all three of them, I say, you know, hey, I am not a great writer, but I'm entertaining. And you know what, if there's some misspelled words or words aren't capitalized, or I randomly capitalize letters in the middle of words for some reason, I don't know what's going on there. But I'm like, if any of that bothers you, you should just unsubscribe because you're gonna get more annoyed with my emails than anything.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Um, But if you, if you want to have fun and you want like daily entertainment, um, as well as some lessons, like I try to teach some stuff that I'm learning in my life. Cool. You're going to have a good time. That's it. And like, I get, I I think I get more replies to that email when they come through it. They're like, dude, like, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Like I get that email a lot, which makes me happy. I'm like, cool. I'm doing something right. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, the I'm just telling you that story. If you're out there listening to this, just start sending emails. Just just tell a joke. Start with a joke or a quote. Those are two really easy ones. Your favorite quote, what it means to you and why, mm-hmm. and wish them a good day. Yeah. Um I would th- that's my advice though. And Rob, this is your your interview. So what would <laughs> you tell people? If they're getting started, I mean, you're the pro, I'm not the pro at email by any means. What would you tell people if they're listening and they're like, I'm so used to trying to send a newsletter but nobody reads it. I don't know where to start. I have these stories like, yeah, I got lost on a drive but how do I put that in an email? What would you tell somebody to do? What's step number one, step number two, step number
1: three? Um, I think one of the first things to do, and I kind of did this when I first started out writing you know, these types of emails, is to look in your own inbox. If you're anything like me and probably Steve, you get tons of emails every day in your inbox. So take a look at them and see what resonates with you. What is it? Is there a style that kind of works? You know, is it short and quirky? Are the sentences really short? Is it longer? Is it a little bit more formal? Maybe. So what resonates with you? And is that something you can use? As an example, um, I will also tell you that's a great place to get subject line ideas is don't copy other people's work, but use as an inspiration to create your own. So start there to get sort of inspired of like, okay, how can I do this? And also I would say the next thing is, is to you know find a topic that is going to resonate with your audience. If you have no idea at this point, um, you know, go to places like Google and do searches. Go to forums like Quora and Reddit. What are people in your industry talking about? What questions do they have? Um, I love the website, it's called answer public.com And you just type in a word and it will give you literally hundreds of things that people are looking for and asking about. I also like to look through books like bestsellers on Amazon and read the um, read the table of contents because that gives you an idea about what are some things that might be important to people. So use those as inspiration if it's relative to your audience. So, you know, find a style that you can sort of use, find a good topic, and then try to just say it like you were giving advice to someone in person. And if you can write that out, that's great. If you have to talk it out, that's great. If you have to tell it to your friend and they have to write it down for you, like like Steve said, just start writing the emails because I can tell you one thing. If you never write emails, you will never get better at them. The only way to get better at them and to get more comfortable doing them is to show up and put in the work and send something out. And the more you do that, the easier, I swear, I promise you, it the easier it becomes, the more that you do it. It becomes second nature. And you will start seeing ideas all over the place. You'll have too many ideas. You can probably write a calendar out for the next six months of ideas because you'll be able to sort of find them in the world because you're in tune with that.
0: That is absolutely great advice. Um, I know when I started, I started putting notes in my phone every time I got an idea. Mm -hmm. And I just built a document. So anytime I was wondering, I would just go look at that document. That is a great idea. Um, Rob, where can people find you? If people are like, you know what, I need some help from a professional. Where can people find you at? Where should they go?
1: Uh, you can go to my website. It's my first and last name. So it's rob48.com, R O B F O R T I E R.com. Um, and from there, you can find uh, social media channels. I hang out a lot on Instagram, but I'm also on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn as well. So you can connect with me and and, uh, scope me out. Um, And if you want to join my email list, then you'll get examples of what a nurture sequence looks like. And you can see the kind of things I'm doing. And you can even borrow from me, I give you permission to borrow from my emails for your own benefit, if it gets you to start writing emails. Awesome,
0: Rob, thank you so much. I he just gave you permission. If you have no excuse, after this podcast to not be sending more emails. Everything will be listed in the show notes. Also, you can grab the action bullets, which is the quick, easy cheat sheet version of this podcast. All of that stuff is linked down below. Rob, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much valuable information. It was awesome to have you here. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you for having me. No problem. My pleasure. To everyone else, until next time, take action, change lives and make money. We will see you soon. Nothing has the ability to grow your business more than a powerful one-to-many sales presentation. If you're looking to scale your business, get your message out to more people, and close more sales in an easy and straightforward manner, head over to death and grab your free course today. Thanks for tuning into the show, and we'll see you next time.